What's up, peeps? We're back. As always, I'm your host, Lee Benson. Thank you so much for joining us for the podcast edition of the AEW Insider. I apologize it took me so long to do a show. Starting Friday afternoon when I got off of work, I started repainting my whole living room. And my living room is huge. That's the first stage of turning it into a legit home theater. So it literally took me all the way to Sunday night, and then I've been busy with work and dad things. So I'm sorry, peeps. Anyway, let's get to the show. AEW. Well, last night on AEW Dynamite, they had MJF give Cody his 10 lashes with the belt. It was a tad brutal to watch, and I guess a little bit more brutal for others as well. So much, in fact, that after it was done, a legit fan attacked MJF and Warlow. Then MJF and and Warlow beat the fan down. It was insane. But you eagle-eyed fans at homes went over the footage numerous times, and it has been revealed that it was fake. It was a work. And it was none other than AEW's Frankie Kazarian from SCU. I don't know why they did that or if they're going to work it into the storyline now. But even in WWE and other wrestling promotions, they'll take some guys from backstage or somebody like from NXT you don't know, and that's all they'll use. Not only did they use Kazarian, he didn't even change his clothes. He was still in full gear, which means in his ring outfits. He had his knee pads on and his tights. So it was pretty fucking nuts. Afterwards, Cody did post a pic of his back after taking the lashings, and holy fuck does it look like it hurt. I have that picture up on our AEW Insider on Facebook, and it's also in the video version of this show on YouTube. John Moxley did an interview with TV Insider, and he talked about the time he knew that AEW was here to stay. There are so many promotions that have come and gone, and I tried to make a go of it and failed. Over the years, there are people who make a lot of big promises. That's wherever I've been. First time you hear something like this, you initially think, I'll believe it when I see it. A lot of stuff was in play, though. Top secret stuff. Before people even knew about it. There was an infrastructure being built before the public knew that this was even a thing. When I first came into the fold, it became real. I thought, how the, how was this? How, how are they even doing this without anybody knowing at first? Or me not being able to say anything? And this is where I want to be, though, and do my career. My goals aligned with theirs, so we were all on the same page. A lot of people think that we're in some honeymoon phase and we're just a hot thing right now, but we've already proved we're not going to go away. We had this audience that was underserved for so long. When we started, they, aka WWE, started counter-programming right out of the gate without even letting us get a foothold in the established market. But now we're here. That was gratifying to see us on top, kind of like a middle finger. The main thing is that, that that's the main thing that's driving all this forward, and that is the fans. There is a bigger fan base for wrestling than people maybe had thought. You have wrestling fans in a closet, so to speak, but now there is an alternative. It's cool to be a wrestling fan in 2020. There is an audience for this. The energy and passion and excitement we get from the fans, whether it's in the arena or on a fucking boat in the middle of the ocean, they're always there for us.
Uh, and that, that's what I said. That's what's driving this whole thing forward. The last show that we did, it was the cruise. We were all just hanging out, hugging, and high-fiving. It really felt like we were on the same team, and we were all in this thing together as wrestling fans. We come from different walks of life because we love this crazy thing called wrestling. Also, Tony Khan did name his own personal Mount Rushmore of wrestling. He did name La Champion, Chris Jericho, of course, and he would put him on Mount Rushmore up there with Steve Austin, Bret Hart, and Ric Flair. WWE. It has been revealed that Triple H is eyeing up some New Japan stars. Actually, from what's going on and they're saying behind the scenes, he's after their top star. Listen to this, peeps. Per a source, Triple H has made it his personal mission to sign New Japan's Kochita Okada uh, when his contract is up. Nobody knows when Okada's contract's up. They know in 2016, New Japan was paying him $2 million a year, and that was a good portion of the money they actually make. Triple H is said to have followed Okada's work, and closely has shown it to others in the company. So, I mean, Okada, Okada is the main driving force, but you know, a lot of people get swayed away from New Japan and WWE, and they're going to offer a more like $20 million long-term contract than $2 million. So, seriously, expect to seen a Rainmaker on WWE or NXT V soon, because Triple H plays those games. Uh, talking about NXT, <clears throat> excuse me, on last night's NXT, the Velveteen Dream made his comeback from injury. It was amazing to see him. I love me some Velveteen Dream. His name was Patrick. He was on that show Tough Enough, and he was the biggest douchebag. I couldn't stand him. Once he worked his way into wrestling, though, and proved who he was, the Dream is the man and a big part of the future. Also, there are rumors going on that Thomas Ciampa might have been injured. Let's hope not. That guy needs a fucking break. All right, peeps, we're going to take a break real quick. I got a lot more WWE news. I got some Tessa Blanchard Impact Wrestling news, some random news with Scott Hall. A Mexican promoter was gunned down last weekend. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. Remember to show us some love on all major podcasting platforms, Facebook and YouTube under the AEW Insider, and on Twitter under the AEW Insider 1. I'll be right back, peeps. All right, peeps, welcome back. Let's get back to the show. On WWE Backstage this week, WWE announced two big signings. They did sign Timothy Thatcher, who is a great, hardcore, rugged indie star. And they also signed none other than Killer Cross. I've been reporting that he's been meeting with Triple H. Everybody denied it. He said he would let us know when he knows. You got to remember, man, he is an actor. So he acted the shit out of a paper bag and he is in WWE. You know, he was going to go with his gorgeous fucking girlfriend was. And if I hope they use him right, because I mean, Killer Cross was upset with Impact's creative. Where do we get to hold the WWE's? Hopefully they put him on NXT because they treat people right down there. The Revival have asked for their release from WWE again. Yes, it's at least a third time, if not more. They're turning down a boatload of money from WWE. Booker T on this podcast gave his thoughts about them and the money, and here's what the five-time WCW champ had to say. If I can give them any advice, I say take the money. Take what's behind door number one. I'm speaking on personal experience only. If they came to me and they said... Hey, Book, we're going to give you a million dollars a year. You ain't got to win no titles. We'll get you TV time. And then we're going to give you a 15-year contract. 
I'm going to shut the hell up and take the money. I hear what he's saying. R-Truth and Brock Lesnar had a very funny segment on Monday Night Raw. So funny and so good that in fact they might be working together some more in the future. Truth, Truth said that Brock actually has been pitching ideas. He wants to work with me doing something because of that segment. He pitched a couple ideas. He and I talked afterwards. The sky's the limit. The business is always changing and I'm always changing with things. NXT's UK's Tony Storm did an interview with BT Sports about her nude pics that got released online last year and how she was in a bad place mentally. She said, this time last year, I was so depressed and in such a bad place. I didn't even know if I wanted to keep doing this because I was in such a bad way. But then these things started coming up. I was like, if I can achieve this, I can have everything. I must be able to because if I overcome everything, I can do it, of course. And here I am. Look at me at the Royal Rumble. I really can do anything. How many times she's going to say that? Oh, she says, I was not supposed to do this. I have no idea what she's talking about. She continued, when I was a little girl, I'd print out match graphics and I'd put a photo of myself in them. I'd always write it down. I'd write down the matches that I would want to be in and maybe it manifested. Maybe I just visualized it so long that it started to happen. It's all still just crazy. Uh, the last year, she left uh, social media in January 2019 for a while because they fucking actually released nude photos on her. I wouldn't share them or anything like that, but curiosity kills the cat. I went online. I checked them out. There's really not anything too, too bad, but I feel bad for the chick because that shit's not cool. Buddy Murphy did an interview with TalkSport. He talked about joining Seth Rollins' stable and working with Roman Reigns. About Roman Reigns. Yeah, it was awesome to be in that position. First of all, with the Roman match and being thrown into the mixed match with Roman, he was awesome to work with. He gave, he kind of let me put my little spin on it. It was more of a Buddy Murphy, Murphy match, so to speak. I know a lot of people in the internet wrestling community give Roman a lot of hate. He can't wrestle. They say all this other crap. Roman is one of the best wrestlers in the world, and you can mark my word on that. And I feel like he opened up, opened up a lot of eyes in that match when he could actually hang with me, so to speak. I know a lot of people were saying I hung with Roman and that was the idea, but Roman hung with me. We had great chemistry together and I would wrestle him every day of the week. Same with Daniel Bryan. Brian is obviously a little bit smaller than Roman, but he has an independent background like I do. But it was just awesome to get in there and mix it up with both of them. I would do it again any day. And I have to admit, I'm a huge Buddy Murphy fan. When I heard Paul Heyman likes him and wants to give him a push, I was stoked because he deserves it. And that match, match with him and Roman, even though Roman beat him, that was a Murphy match all the way. He got the fucking show off, which was dope. Twice, I believe. And uh, Buddy Murphy about joining Seth Rollins and the Authors of Pain in the new stable. It's pretty real. It's pretty real what you're seeing in the sense that I respect Seth a lot. I'm his follower or disciple or whatever you want to call it. He says that there is a lot I can learn from him. It's a really fun dynamic and I think I, it can lead to some good storylines and working along AOP. Working along Seth in a ring, it's just really great too. Seth did approach me about it. Yes, I was excited to have a story to sink my teeth into because I can always go out there and perform. I've proven that, but I haven't had really great storylines. So, I mean, it's really, really awesome. I get to work on my character and it's just great. It's just a perfect opportunity for that. Impact Wrestling. 
All right. Well, hold on, peeps. We got to take a break. I apologize. Time limit's up. We got to pay the bills. I'm stuttering like a mofo there, but you guys know that's how I talk. I get nervous, but I want to bring you the news, and you guys keep coming back, so I appreciate it. Let me pay these bills real quick. We'll get back with Impact Wrestling, the Tessa Blanchard races stuff. Then we'll get to the other stories I touched on before. We'll be right back, peeps. All right, peeps. We're back. Let's get back to the show. Impact Wrestling. During a recent media conference call, a.k.a. Damage Control, Tessa Blanchard explained her side of calling her co-worker a nigger, slapping her, what have you. This is what she says. It was a very emotional weekend, full of highs and lows. I chose to step away from social media for a bit because of all the things that were going on and everything else that was going on over that weekend. Not everyone's going to like me. Not everyone is going to agree with what I chose to do in my life. I made mistakes. I faced challenges. One thing I will say, though, is I never used a racial slur of any kind in my life. It's not something that I've done before. It's not something that I will do. It's just not true. Some people, they look at social media, some people will make an accusation, and everybody else jumps on the bandwagon. We've all got our own stories. There's a side of everyone's life that is public, and there's a side that is private. There's a part of all of our world to see, and a part that nobody is interested in. It's just very unfortunate that some people resort to saying certain things, but it's just not true. And that's all I have to say on that. I think she's full of shit. Random Wrestling News. We touched on a little on John Moxley before, and Eric Bischoff did on his 83 Weeks podcast. This is what Barris Bischoff thinks about Moxley becoming the face of AEW. Not yet. I gotta be honest. I like his character. I like his work. I like the fact that he's kind of this enigma in a way. There's a lot of things I like about him, but the top guy, if I'm being honest, no, I don't think he could be. And he also said that Moxley's missing the range to get to the next level. He's two-dimensional. He needs to find that third dimension, like to get it up to where Chris Jericho is. There's nothing wrong with his work, nothing at all wrong with his character, other than I'm not seeing a lot of depth to it. There's a sameness to it. There's not enough range to it. I think that's true across the board for a lot of characters, not just John Moxley. Uh, this Sunday, last Sunday, a promoter was killed in Mexico. Here's what went down. On Sunday, several armed men, armed men entered a restaurant in Mexico. Uh, the promoter, Gerardo Martin, was eating lunch with his friends. He was actually shot multiple times. The people sped off in a gray van. He sadly died before the paramedics could arrive. The feeling in Mexico was is that it was a targeted execution because nobody else was shot. There was a show planned for later that day, which was canceled. Their next show was February 16th, but that's up in the air and so is the future of the promotion. You know the Mexican cartel down there? Run shit. They, they don't care about cops. The cops don't run shit. They do. That's fucking scary stuff. Scott Hall appeared on Talk is Jericho, and he revealed why he left WWE for WCW. He said, I had been schooled in a kind of the old school art of doing business with promoters. Mr. Perfect, Kurt Henning taught me how to do so. So I pulled Vince to the side and I said, hey boss, can I ask you for some advice? I said, is it my ring work that needs to improve? What do I need to work on? Vince said, absolutely not. You're one of the best we got. I said, is it my mic skills? Is there something that can help me get better? And he said, I love what you're doing. 
And I said, I'm curious because I want to make big money like the guys who preceded me. And I noticed that my pay is kind of plateaued, even though I feel my value in a company is increasing. I said, I'm a baby face that you can leave laying in the ring and they still chant my name. I put guys over in their chant my name. So I was in a good spot. I felt like I felt like that. And I always said, too, when I first started, Vince told me, you're going to make a lot of money. And I said, I don't have to have the most money. I just want a lot of it. I'm a redneck. I live kind and humbly. I'll get by fine. I just want a little bit more, please. And Vince looked at me and said, no. On what he and other wrestlers were making WWE at the time. My contract was, as everybody's was, except maybe Hulk Hogan or like Ultimate Warrior, is that you had 10 days at 150 a day. That was guaranteed no matter what. No matter what, you made more than that. But that's what you were guaranteed. 1500 bucks for 10 days and you give up everything for that $1,500. And on a final note, this Tuesday, NWA Power changed their theme song, and I have to say that I am not a fan of it. Yes, it is Pantera. Yes, it does kick ass, but I don't give a fuck if it was Metallica, Jimi Hendrix, or the goddamn Beatles. Their original theme song, Into the Fire, kicks so much ass. It got me pumped up for every show, every time to play. This new one seems like they're trying to do an ECW knockoff. Peeps, you give it a gander and let me know on social media and let me know what you think of it. All right, peeps. Well, like I said, I've been really, really busy being a dad working and just redoing my living room. I will be back as soon as I can. You know what I mean? I got work and I'm going to go see Birds of Prey with my daughter. Maybe I'll do a review uh, this Saturday and then I'll do my best to do a show. Please remember to check us out on all major podcasting platforms, Facebook and YouTube under the AEW Insider and on Twitter under the AEW Insider 1 as a number one. I love you guys and I thank you for all your support. I'll see you in a bit. Ciao. Thank you.